Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this morning? Uh, it is now the 1st of February, 2024. Can't believe it. Can't even believe that I'm uttering the words. Uh, we are now already a month into this brand new blessed year. Uh, my friends, yesterday was my birthday. It was also my late father's birthday, so happy birthday, Dad. Uh, and uh, also yesterday was the end of the 1BRC Challenge, the uh, Java programming sensation that's sweeping the nation. It's a, of all nations. You know, it's a, it's a, the question is very simple, the prompt. Can you write a program that reads in one billion rows of telemetry data from like a weather station, you can imagine, uh, uh, in Java, using plain Java, no frameworks, no nothing, um, and get it... Uh, and, you know, and make it work and do some summarizations and all that stuff. Um, very simple prompt. And this is the, this is something that Gunnar Morling, uh, fellow Java champion and friend, Gunnar Morling, friend of the show, he's been on the show before and, uh, and so on. And he's going to be on it again today, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, this is a question that, uh, Gunnar Morling put out there in December and the responses have been phenomenal. I'll spare you the, uh, the, the, uh, the anticipation, but, uh, the answer is yes. And the fastest entry at the moment is like 1.5 five seconds. That is to say, you hit enter, it reads 13 gigs of text, processes it, and emits the values in 1.55 seconds. Amazing what you can do with Java. And so there's a lot of insight to be gleaned from this effort. And uh, I invited Gunnar on the show. He was on the show. And um, uh, and today we're going to listen to that interview. I'm super excited. Uh, friends, enjoy. As always, I cannot wait uh, for you to listen to this episode. There's just so many great insights to be had. Uh, thank you, Gunnar, as always, for joining me on the show. I, I learned a lot, and I'm sure everybody else will learn uh, a lot today as well. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Enjoy. Okay. Can you hear me? Hey there. Oh, it's it's a live stream now. I see. I realize. I, I didn't oh, know. Sorry, man. Live. I have... <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> Let me repeat it. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I should have. Told I, you. I thought it would be pre-recorded, but it's totally cool. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm so sorry, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so sorry. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah, we're live. Absolutely, no worries. It's it's to- it's totally fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. The last. <laughs> I completely forgot because the last time you were on the show was like 2022, right? Or yeah, right. Whatever. So in January of 2023, which feels like a minute ago, but it's actually a year ago, I started this YouTube channel, right? And um, oh, I see. Yeah. So so now my practice is okay. I invite people. We do the show live, and and people can ask questions. And then oh, yeah audio visual experience and it's a live experience but then i take the audio i turn that into a podcast so gotcha okay yeah that's cool that's cool yeah oh man i'm looking looking forward to it super excited (laughs) um so yeah so we we have comments here you can see the comments well we don't have comments yet because people haven't said hello um but they will eventually and in the meantime we can get the show on the road i will warn you and everyone that i am in the uh I'm in uh, the amazing city of Geneva, in the in near the amazing uh, uh, 
CERN, right? I'm there. I'm I'm right. I'm in a good place, except I'm in a bad hotel, or at least not a great hotel. The the hotel has mediocre Wi-Fi, so I might actually become oh. disconnected in the course of our discussion here, and I might have to tether on my phone, which I did yesterday with uh, the good Doctor Subramaniam. Um, so okay, <laughs> in the interest of Fingers preserving crossed, Wi-Fi, work out. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Hi, Paul. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us. Good on you. Uh, okay, so can you see those comments there, uh, uh, Gunnar? I saw you. You made an overlay, right? Um, so I saw that. Well, in the uh, studio here. Can you see? There's a, on the, on the oh, top hold on. right. There's, there's also a... comments. Let me try that actually. Yeah. Comments. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. I see that. Okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm so hey, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um. So, my friends, this is oh, – you've been on the show before. First of all, this is your second time on the show at least. Maybe it's the third. I forgot. But second second time, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're, you are – well, I, before the last month or whatever it was, uh, you were most famous, I think, for your incredible <laughs> work on Kafka and in Debezium and uh, uh, Change Data Capture, CDC. Right. right. Um, yeah, mostly. Well, I mean, I, I should, to, to be honest, I, I I haven't really done anything on Kafka, so I don't want to claim any fame okay. there. But well, yeah, Debezium, change data capture, and this kind of stuff. Right, uh, and just just you're you're. I've said it before. You're one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. I'm really glad to know you. Oh, and, well, thank you so um, much. <laughs> didn't we didn't we speak at a Kafka conference or something? What did we? Yes, did we, we did. Meet? We met, I believe, at was it a Kafka summit or current? Maybe I, I think I hosted yeah. one of your sessions. It's it's one of those. Right. I believe okay. current well, twenty two. You arrived yeah, like the not? last minute, like super stressed out, and I was the stage host. I also was stressing out because you didn't show up, and then oh my goodness! But it was fine in the end. It was great, it was great fun. time. Well, I, I was like, there's something that didn't quite work right before the demo. You know what that's like. You wouldn't know what that's oh, like. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Maybe it was okay. I don't know. Nobody died. It's fine. Um, right. We did uh, stuff, man. Well, yeah, good stuff. So, so, in the, and then anyway, uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan, and we talked about. That, that stuff before change data capture is the idea that I can I can see all the messages coming off of a queue and use the, or sorry off of a database and then emit them as messages onto right exactly the world via queue or something else to then create my own view of it and that that errors nicely with things like CQRS and event storming yeah, exactly. event yes. absolutely okay so that's a go watch the other go listen to the other podcast that's that's this one um, you're now you're no longer you're you're still you're still that in that world but what are you doing now well actually yeah. i'm still doing that i mean i um maybe for folks who haven't uh, re- uh noticed that so i no longer work for red hat where i was the lead of debezium uh, nowadays i'm at a company called decodable and uh what we do there actually is we build a platform for real-time etl so it takes you know data from different places takes data to other places and processes it and joins it and aggregates it and all this kind of stuff. And of course, it's based on Debezium. It's based on Flink. So I'm still, you know, part of the same ecosystem and, and um, universe, but uh, with a slightly different scope. And then I do this other thing, uh, which I kind of do on the side, which we want to talk uh, about today, right? 
Yeah. Well, so, okay. So decodable, that's a, where can people learn about that? Where do, is it decodable.com or .io or? Ah, yeah. So big, big important thing. It's decodable.co. So not .com, okay. but .co. And this is where people can find us. There's like, you know, free tier to try it out. So if people have this need, I don't know, for taking that data from Postgres to Elasticsearch, super common use everybody case to do this in real time. Exactly. Everybody has it. So um, check us out what we do there. Okay. And, and I, I reckon it works. It's, it's just I can get data into a queue of some sort, right? So right. Yes, I mean uh, yes. So you know, it uh, in the simplest case, all this is abstracted from you. So you could just okay. uh, directly connect your Postgres, and then we would run the Beesum under the hood. We would run Kafka under oh, the hood, yeah. but you wouldn't even, even notice cool. all this. So it's a managed service. Um, you know, so you just point it to those sources and things. You can do some transformations along the way using SQL if you want to. Um, but then, of course, also, you could connect it to your Kafka or your Pulsar or Google Cloud Pubs or what have you if you already have data there. So maybe you run Debezium by yourself, running Kafka Connect yourself. Then you could, oh. you know, connect Decodable to Kafka and then get those change events out of, of, out of Kafka if you want. So the 80% case is I'm not writing code. And if I absolutely need to, I can. You can, you can hook it up to a sync that I care about. But ideally, I can right. go home on right? Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, that's the other story. So you you know so you could just take data from A to B, doing no processing at all. You could do transformations using SQL. What is I would say yeah, about eighty percent of people do. You know, doing some simple filtering, grouping, aggregations, joining yeah. this kind of stuff, projections. Um, and but then also you could actually run your own custom Flink job. So if you have those super specific needs, I don't know maybe you need to invoke some sort of API. Uh, to enrich your data, of course, you cannot really do this with a SQL uh, statement, right? You cannot invoke uh, REST services or whatever. So then you right. could deploy your own custom Flink job. And then, you know, we would run this for you and you still wouldn't have to take care of provisioning hardware, scaling up the infrastructure, like putting updates in place, all this good stuff. So that is super cool. And it's obvious just from listening to, I think anybody who's listening, uh, you're very, uh, you're, if, if there's something... If there's data involved and there's speed involved and performance involved and latency not hopefully involved, uh, I want. There's only <laughs> one person, and I can think of very few people that I want more on my team than you. You're obviously oh, wow. very gifted at this kind of stuff, and it's an honor to be a Java champion with you because you know there's mm. there's a deep end of the pool and the shallow end. And I'm, oh man, no, come on. I mean, likewise, I'm I'm, I'm a great side, fan. You know? so <laughs> um, so, you're doing amazing so stuff. I'm, wow, thank you, Mike. But uh, but all that to say, uh, it wasn't. It, it was. Not surprising when you announced, given your background with performance and all these important things, it was not and data. It wasn't surprising, but it was really cool when you announced recently uh, the the one BRC. Can you tell us what that is? Right, right. One BRC. It was a crazy idea I had over the holidays, and then it kind of you know took its it own life. I guess. <laughs> was it the was it the glue wine or the eggnog? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, to be honest. I It had been on my mind for a while. Um, but yeah, so to give you know context to people what it is about, so it's the 1 billion row challenge. And the idea is really simple. You have a text file, a CSV file, um, which contains temperature measurement values for weather stations. So it could tell, you know, Geneva, 10 degrees right now. Hamburg, 15 degrees right now, and so on. So you have this text file of 1 billion measurements. And the job is to write a Java application which processes this file as quickly as possible and calculates the mean 
temperature value per station, per weather station, and the min and the max value. So you want to calculate those three values per weather station and then emit those and do this job as quickly as possible. So that's essentially what it's about. And well, and, you, and it's not just doing it for 10 rows. It's a billion rows. Exactly. That's the important thing exactly. there. Uh, that's the caveat. It sounds very simple on the surface. And, you know, I right. can tell the challenge to you in like a few sentences. But yes, it's one billion rows. So, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not sure whether it qualifies as big data, but it's a reasonably large data set. If I uh, create this file, it's uh, around 13 uh, gigabytes on my hard disk. So, you know, it's quite something. And well, the idea is, well, to solve this task and then of course to learn about uh, uh, stuff, right? To learn how you actually can do this efficiently. How do you process uh, 13 gigabytes of uh, um, CSV as quickly as possible? And then learn about new APIs in Java, learn about programming techniques. And that's the that's the general idea. Hey, Vincent. Hi, Vincent. That's a, that's a really, Really cool thing, and you had a, you had a stipulation because I mean, there's lots of like you just mentioned. We just there's Flink, there's Spring Batch, there's all sorts of things that people could use if they wanted to right. clutter their class path. But your stipulation was as bare minimum as like just one source code file, basically, or as exactly right. Files, right. So um, yes, so no dependencies are allowed. I mean, because you know, and you would just use some sort of I don't know you would call DuckDB or any you know library you could do for doing that uh, wouldn't be that much of a learning experience, right? Because I mean, uh, yes, so people have been super obsessed with this leaderboard and being the fastest on the leaderboard. But to me, this is just a means to an end. It's a tool which should help us to achieve this goal. And this goal is to learn about uh, stuff. So the idea is to, that you should do it yourself. And also, I mean, you can, of course, take inspiration by other implementations. I mean, again, you know, because you could learn from them, but really the idea is that you do it by yourself and, um, you know, so you gain those capabilities and uh, dig into all those APIs and, and um, techniques. Absolutely. Um, you, so our, our friend Roy, uh, he was, I think he was the one of the... <laughs> First ones to send a, a thing in. He right? was the first one. Yes, he was yeah. the first one, and I'm 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 super grateful to him because I mean, I mean, you know, so you know this 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 video uh, of uh, how to create a movement, and there's this one guy like dancing uh, lonely by himself in some sort of uh, beach property or whatever, and then he attracts like a complete crowd who all follow his crazy dance. And the point is that the, that the first guy who followed him to do it, this was like the, 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 the most important one, right? Because then other people saw, hey, that's a cool thing. And I also want to take part in that. And this is how this ball, uh, you know, gets rolling and gets bigger and bigger. And right. uh, Roy was exactly the first one to do this. And he submitted something which wasn't great, but he just did it uh, because, you know, so as to see, okay, people do submit uh, to this challenge and then other people came in by now it's i don't know a hundred or even more than a hundred it, it snowballed almost as fast as the results uh the, of the performances of the, the programs themselves the number of people went from zero to a bazillion just yes so quickly. exactly it's 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 crazy, and I was I was completely overwhelmed. I have to tell you, because you know I, I when I was uh, thinking about this during the holidays, I was uh, thinking so maybe a handful of people take part. You know, like my close friends, they might be interested. I was talking to somebody, and I'm not going to mention the name, but I was talking to somebody, and they said, "Yeah, you got to be careful. You got to frame it in a way so if only you do it all by yourself." 
that it's not embarrassing. So, you know, um, um, be, yeah. be ready that like nobody uh, cares about it at all. And I was thinking about, okay, how, how should I do it? Um, and then my wife, actually, she was the complete opposite. She, she said, uh, this sounds cool, but you have to put something into a place that you are like not completely flooded by uh, entries. And I was, ah, you know, whatever, what, uh, who, who, who will do it? And then, well, it turns out she was actually smarter than me. I mean, obviously, because it was obviously, like so yeah. many people who did it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, so how many did you, how many entries do we have now? I mean, it's... Uh... Uh, I have an account, maybe 120 or something like that. And then also oh. it, it, it grew way beyond Java. So, I mean, the thing is, I, you know, I put a focus on, on, on Java for multiple reasons. First of all, I wanted to make this, you know, a learning experience around Java so people could learn, right. for instance, about this new vector API. They could learn mm -hmm. about like the new foreign memory API, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, that was my intention primarily. And then also a practical concern. It's just, I mean, I want to run all those entries on a specific environment and, you know, so that they are comparable. And if I were to open it up, then I would have to, you know, install all those tool chains. I would have to, you know, be ready to compile .NET and Rust and all that kind of stuff. And I could do it, but it would take even more time uh, and that's why i said okay i want to limit it to java but then we also have this nice uh, show and tell section on the uh, on, on the github repo where people can put all their non-java implementations and there's also like tons of discussions going on there people are showing their rust implementation and dot oh, nice. and um COBOL even and and like all kinds of databases like Snowflake and Postgres and Pino. Um, so we have all those non-Java entries in the in the show and tell. And it's also super cool to see uh, what people came up with there. And, and do we know? Uh, well, you haven't run the uh, the alternative language ones, right? So you right. Don't, you don't have a canonical benchmark against those. Uh, I, I I have not run. I think I, uh, you know the, the fastest ones. They will be all pretty much on the same level. I mean, I don't think there is like super significant uh, differences at this point in time. Well, yeah, at some point you're I/O bound, and you know the physics, right. Are physics, right? I mean, people ex exactly that, and 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 yeah, and people are. I mean, there was the one guy I started to feel sorry. So he said, "I was staring at the assembly code for you know produced by the Java JIT compiler for three hours. I don't know how to make it any faster." And I thought, man, I started to feel bad about it because, like, if people do it, it's, it's kind of my fault. Oh no! Oh well, I mean, the results have been. I mean. So <clears throat> Roy's implementation wasn't bad. It just was, and he even said it, right? I remember the the pull request is like, this is just a rough cut. It's a first try. Right. And and then it's just gotten um, uh, better and better. Oh, hold on one second. Vincent, that's great. Congratulations. That's a, uh, well done. <laughs> well done. I'm not even sure if I could pass that certification. That's great. Good on you. Um, so yeah, that the, uh, the, the, the the results I mean my God it, and several of them you I think you was this your the spirit of it was let's use core Java it doesn't need to be super convoluted it's turned a little right. convoluted oh yeah absolutely absolutely I mean it's all it's all well at Java I mean many implementations use mm -hmm. unsafe by now so for instance it could be something you know which might be controversial but um, yeah. it's actually great to see the the range of uh, techniques people use so I mean definitely SIMD like this new Java vector API it's it's used quite a bit um, but then also other techniques where you you know do 
it's called SVAR SIMD within a register where it essentially process multiple bytes from an input string yeah. uh, by putting them into a single long. So people do this kind of stuff. It's all parallelized. It's using the new uh, memory uh, for memory API. So yeah, people explored all those angles. But yes, if you were to look now at the fastest entries, I mean, yeah, it would definitely take you probably a little while to like really quick uh, grok the the implementations um and some of them uh, on the other hand are also like really well documented so cliff click for instance i'm super excited he also took part he put Mas lots who? of comments cliff click he's uh, one of the uh, uh, original authors of the uh, uh, java compiler um and already right. has what jvm not quite sure but so he's like an oh you know like really og of he's java in, uh, he's in azul systems right like say again he's in azul isn't he Cliff Click, I'm not sure to be honest. Is he? Uh, it could be. I don't know where he is right now. But um, um, so, yeah, his implementation is like really well documented. And he even did a YouTube video. So he also has a YouTube channel um, and he spoke about his um, entry there. Uh, definitely worth checking that one out. Oh, I'll check it out I, and I'll, and I'll uh, promote it. But so before we get down into the uh, details here, or well, some details, right. we can't go too deep, obviously, but spoil it for us so far. Is it, well, is the challenge done, first of all? No, it's still running. It still runs yeah. until the end of the month. Um, I said, you know, January it should be up for the challenge. I feel by now, um, I think there might still be some improvements uh, right now. You know, the fastest ones on my environment are less, uh, are faster than 2.5 seconds for processing that 13 gig file. And I should say I'm using just eight out of the 32 uh, CPU cores, which I have on this environment, um, because so, I have your environment. environment. Right, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, initially actually I was using a, a, a box in the cloud, uh, it had dedicated CPU and I felt uh, quite good about it. Um, well, and then from one day to the other, like the uh, results were completely off. It was way faster than uh, it was before. And I was wondering, hey, what's going on? And so I opened the support ticket and, you know, they told me, ah, oh, well, it's, it's a VM and we moved it to a different host. I know maybe they saw that like lots of CPU cycles are burned on that machine. So they moved it to another one. I don't know what happened, but so I couldn't compare the results any longer. This was, you know, a good learning experience for myself. Um, you shouldn't use a, a VM for this kind of stuff, even with uh, dedicated CPUs. So then I rented a... A dedicated server, and this is actually quite a beefy box. It's an AMD Epic, AMD Epic um, Zen 2, so not latest generation, a bit older, but it has uh, 32 cores and wow. um, you know 64 threads if you want to do the hyper threading or simultaneous multi threading. Um, mm -hmm. And I decided to keep it somewhat comparable to the old environment to to limit this to, to eight cores. And if I run the fastest entries now on that machine on those eight cores, the fastest ones are like, you know, 2.3 seconds maybe. But actually then for the fun of it, I also ran with all the calls, all the threads, and then it's way below a second actually. Way below a second? Yes, it's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I should, I should clarify um, that the disk IO is taken out of the equation for this. So the way it works is I run each contender five times and I discard the, uh. the uh, slowest and I discard the... Uh, fastest run so it's sort of a trimmed mean if you will and uh, so this means you know the actual qualifying runs they will take this file out of the page cache um so that disk io is not part of this which is on on purpose because i just didn't want to bother with like you know disk speed and all this kind of stuff it would have been even more complicated yeah. 
Okay, that's amazing. So it's a so you've got a you've got this down to the point where now you're it's the same thing. Um, you're not running Docker images. You're actually running the Java program, Java minus whatever. Ex exactly right. right. Yes, and so people need to prepare like a launch script and another script which sets the environment because this is also something which I wanted to explore. How do different uh, Java distributions uh, fare in this contest? So I know you know oh, there are yeah. some distributions which uh, use uh, Graal as a JIT compiler. There are some distributions which might already have this. Um, a crack API, right? So a checkpoint and right. restore. There might be, I know, maybe somebody wants to use a, a Java 22 EA build for Valhalla or whatever it is. Uh, so I, mm -hmm. I wanted to open up, uh, or specific garbage collections, I wanted to open up uh, the, you know, this space so people could run with different um, Java builds and also, of course, with um, ahead, uh, ahead of time compilation. Um, and so we use SDKmen for that, and in, you know, within their uh, prepare script, people need to specify which Java build they want to run with using SDKmen, and this is then how it gets executed. Okay, and of course you're not going to just run arbitrary code in your machine without looking for anything. Obviously, yes, I I, 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 take a look. I mean, I don't want to run people's Bitcoin mining code or whatever right. it is. Uh, well, so I, I, I take a look before I run it. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, that's the nice thing about having no dependencies. It's pretty self-evident. Exactly right. Yes, exactly, and that's also why you know it should be like in one file, uh, so I don't have to check like a gazillion of source files, and um, to make it just a little bit simpler for me. Love that. Okay, so let's talk about. That. You mentioned this a couple times already, but let's uh, let's kind of like background some of this stuff before we look at the results or talk about what they mean. Right. You mentioned. Um, we mentioned uh, Java 20. So you mentioned Java 22. There's Valhalla. There's also Project Panama where you get the, the vector stuff. Uh, and right, you get exactly. the native, native code support as well, like a JNI++, yeah. you know. Um, what is that stuff? What is uh, the vector API, for example? Right. So vector API is particularly interesting because quite a few entries use this. So essentially, it's about um, allowing Java developers to make use of what's called Zimdi which stands for single instruction, multiple data. So essentially those are CPU instruction set extensions, which um, allow you to do exactly that, right? Apply the same operation onto a multiple of operands at once. So let's say, um, I don't know, you want to just, you know, do an addition of multiple values and you have those uh, in, in an array. So you have like, you know, four values in one array, four values in another array, and you want to add up like the first two ones, the second two ones, and so on. So you could do this essentially using a simple, a single instruction using those SIMD um, CPU instructions. And now this, of course, is heavily uh, hardware dependent, right? So this would look different on uh, uh, you know, x86 uh, versus, for instance, ARM. So you would have uh, different instructions there. And, and I mean, you just couldn't, you know, in, in Java, you couldn't specify, okay, I want to use a particular uh, instruction, right? It's just not what Java is built for. But now with this uh, uh, vector API, you actually can do this because it's a high-level API which has Java methods, and then they are compiled down into those uh, instructions, and they allow you now to take advantage of those um, um, SIMD instructions. And that's coming, is that GA in 22? I think it is, but I, um, is that still true? It's still, yeah. uh, I'm not sure about 22 in, in, in 21. It's still like the sixth or so preview. Uh, I feel right. it, it's definitely the, the, the API with the most preview or incubating steps. Um, and I'm not sure about 22. It might might be stable there. I'm not quite sure. I think I saw it, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me. But Project Panama is 
there's the vector API, which you just talked about. There's also the, um, right. like for me, I'm looking for JNA and JNI plus plus. That's what the big thing is. The, oh the, yeah, I, I see, I see. You know, yeah. And that's, that's so cool. I haven't seen anybody using JNI so far. The, I mean, the reason being, I mean, so the, the, the rules say it should be uh, in Java, right? And with so mm -hmm. the source code you do should be in Java. And now with the yeah. JNI, the traditional way you used it, you always had to write some sort of glue code in C or C++, right? So like the yeah. uh, native counterpart, whatever. And so you couldn't do that. But actually, I learned that with um, uh GraalVM, you, you can do this. You can uh, essentially create native libraries from Java code, which are then yeah. you know, compiled ahead of time. So you could invoke those using uh, JNI. Nobody has done this so far, but what people have done is just using GraalVM ahead of time compilation to just produce a native uh, binary. Okay, so let's talk about that then. Now we're just going through the terms here. Um, right. You've got, you've got the regular JRE, which is the Java runtime, it has a just-in-time compiler, which in response to lots of runs, only after whatever, 10,000 or 100,000 runs, will retroactively compile things into native code. Right. But but the problem is that there's that warm-up period. And if you're benchmarking for speed, you might want to get that native code ahead of time. And right. so there's also this project called GraalVM, which has a, a native image compiler that does ahead-of-time compilation. Are you saying that there are native images being submitted all right yes absolutely so that's the case i mean and i kind of um i kind of oh, went to this can i come to def nexus uh let, let's talk about it when is it when is it i don't know when is it um i, I mean I, I would love to <laughs> i would love to do it uh so you know the thing is i didn't expect that we uh, would get to the single single-digit seconds uh, range. I did not expect this at all because I initially I created a, you know, I wouldn't, I, yeah, let's call it a na naive baseline implementation. And this one runs, right. I know, it, it does the job like in five minutes or so. And it's it's kind of embarrassing because I'm with that one. I'm the last one on the leaderboard for all time. It's it's fine. So nobody submitted <laughs> anyone which is actually slower than that. Um, so that's my baseline. And this this ran for five minutes, and I I totally would, had never expected that we get would get to like two seconds or whatever. And now with um, the Gravium native binary, so yes, you can then of course shave off. Uh, those, I don't know, 100, 200 milliseconds maybe in terms of startup uh, uh, time improvement. And now if, if you look at 2.5 seconds overall, well then yes, 200 milliseconds actually do matter, right? Um, so that's an interesting yeah. thing, interesting Ooh. observation. Um, but also there's actually a very fast, uh, there's also a very fast uh, um, Java entry or, um, you know, a JVM entries still, definitely. So like the fifth or so, it's plain um, plain JVM. And really? the reason, why, yes, it's, it's, it's doing really well. The reason why that is, is um, some of the SIMD stuff which they use, it's not optimized in, in, in GraalVM just yet. So actually then oh. GraalVM wouldn't... Um, um, benefit from it. And then also actually, uh, you know, many people use GraalVM just as a JIT, as a just-in-time compiler uh, yeah. and still are on the, on the JVM. C2, right? Like the, um, yeah. The, exactly the, right. Exactly right. Replacement. Yeah, that's another, and that we've, we've do you remember uh, our old friend, uh, um, oh, gosh, forgive me. He was, he was on the show too. I'm having a jet lag brain fart. 
uh, <laughs> what's a friend from Twitter who retired who worked on Grand oh, Chris, uh, uh, Chris Telling, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, he uh, he was out, you know, he, he I, I remember seeing the numbers from that just running on the GraalVM JIT itself without native images was also whatever. Absolutely, yes. it's, that. It's, that was amazing. Yes. And and I think it depends on the workload, right? So you want to check whether it makes a difference. But um, yeah, it seems for for instance now for this particular workload, it, it seems it's an improvement for for many of the implementations, um, and you kind of get it for free, right? So um, definitely worth uh, something to explore. Which also was an interesting insight for myself. Um, it's worthwhile just to try uh, how you fare uh, by using GraalVM as a JIT, and you don't have to change right. anything for that new code. And it would be kind of interesting to set up like a matrix uh, and maybe do like just you somehow, if you could like run all the Java programs on Azul. Right. Versus yeah. Versus so versus I, I guess one could do that and people have asked for that. I mean, it's just so much effort and I felt, okay, you know, people can choose their JDK. They can choose, yeah. do they want to do a JIT or AOT? It's documented in the leaderboard. So you know what it is. And, you know, I mean, in the end, the task is, okay, solve this as quickly as possible and use the tools you want to use. And um, I felt, um, you know, that's the way how, how the challenge is uh, set up right now. But yes, you could totally be more scientific about it and like compare different things and so on. Later. Um, okay, Later, so. exactly. Just get, let's get the, like, get, get, I bet you want to just get through the, the tournament first, right? Like. Um, exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's okay. GraalVM is, uh, I, I, I'm really impressed, duly impressed. Like several of the top three, I think the top three are all, Native images, right? Uh, GraalVM yes, by now, yes. Centric, which is a ringing endorsement for GraalVM. I mean, if you really want startup speed and yeah. decent right. runtime. Oh, totally. And people um, asked, by the way, you know, so I, I got all kinds of theories. So, hey, is this an engineering problem you guys had at Decodable and you wanted, you know, you, you outsourced it. So, you, you the community solves the problem for you. So, no, it's not that. It was just a fun experiment I had. Then other people asked, so, hey, is this like a hidden ad for for Corral vm and no i'm not on the payroll for you know by oracle it's not i mean uh you know i just wanted to uh, put this out in front of people and I, you know it's just great to see what happens and if Corral vm does well there i think it's an interesting learning for, for me and for right. everybody else and then um okay so what else do we see the uh unsafe that's a our old friend son Right. Yeah, this one is interesting. So this one happened maybe over the last week or so. And actually, that's also interesting because like people, you know, they look what's going on in the other implementations. And at some at some point, somebody started with unsafe, and like now oh. everybody's using unsafe. It's a bit like that. Um, so yeah, you know, it, this essentially allows you to directly access um, uh, memory without like. Um, um, access checks and this kind of stuff so it's a bit faster it's it's unsafe if you do it wrong you could you know your program could crash uh, um, Roy did a very interesting tweet about his experiences there where he had like 50 uh, you know 50 log files from where his JVM crashed um, while he was working on his unsafe um, implementation um, but yeah so this also gives uh, an advantage here and it's actually interesting to see because it is uh, supposed to be uh, removed, right? I think it, it just got deprecated from yeah. removal uh, like uh, recently. So um, this is an interesting aspect, right? So yes, if so, can we replace this actually? And I'm not quite sure whether all the usages which we see right now could actually be replaced with other uh, supported APIs. Wow. And then what was the stuff that uh, 
So, I mean, the unsafe, I don't think all of it's going to be removed, right? I thought some of it would always just be there. Um, right. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I think there should be like, you know, there's like a VAR handle APIs and I'm, I'm not super deep on this stuff. So there should be replacement APIs uh, for it. But uh, it's my impression that at least right now, there's not an equivalent replacement for, for everything in Unsafe. Right. No, I didn't, I didn't think there was. I just think they didn't. Okay. I could be. Yeah. Either way, I'm the important, the stuff that a lot of people are depending on is certainly going away. Um, right. And then uh, Thomas uh, Wertinger, the GraalVM uh, right. founder, also guest on this show, he he submitted an entry and he was doing yes. something with, uh, what's that thing I saw he was doing, uh, un unloading? The was unmapping it? of the file, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so this was also, also very interesting to see. And again, it's now like all the top three or five or whatever or do it the same thing. So yes, the, I, what he realized They're is going. that... Uh, what They're learning... They're improving off of each other. It's like a race to the top. It's you know? Right, and, and and that's totally fine, right? I mean, there's even yeah. like one of the... Uh, so Thomas actually teamed up with some others. So there's like multiple authors for this um, submission. And that's exactly right. I mean, to be honest, I don't care who is the fastest. What is yeah. the most important to me is like, you know, that we all find out about uh, this stuff and that we can learn something. Um, but yeah, so what he found out is that... Uh, so, I mean, most of the people, they memory map the file, uh, you know, so um, they can then directly access it from off heap memory that's, by that's, the way there's the also unsafe. yeah so i mean you could you don't have to do this with unsafe but yes you could uh, use unsafe then to access that file but you like, also like of other apis um and by the way i should say uh, this is there's a new api coming or it's even there already for a memory api which then for instance allows you to memory map this entire file at once. And before, right. in, in previous Java versions, you only could memory map up to two gigabytes. So you couldn't have mapped this oh. entire 13 gig file at, at once. Now you can. Um, but yeah, so people memory map the file. And what then uh, they realize is that actually unmapping it takes quite a, a, a significant amount of time. So when you stop the application, it takes, I don't know, maybe 200 milliseconds or something like that to unmap the file. And you know, again, if you look at 2.5 seconds, 200 milliseconds is like uh, almost 10%, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's significant. And uh, essentially what Thomas did, he found an elaborated, elaborate trick where he could have a separate process. So he's, he, he spawns a separate process and then um, the, the outcomes, like the, the mean and min and max values, they are reported by the first process, which then um, you know, already can terminate. And the unmapping, the unmapping is done by the separate process, which runs a little bit longer, but uh, it's not part of the measurement anymore. And I was a bit on the, on the fence if it, you know, it's just like uh, legit or is it like, it, I mean, yeah, surely it is a trick. Uh, but then actually I felt, okay, I guess it's something you could do and you might do if you have this task for real. Um, and I hadn't provided any rules which like would forbid that. So I said, yeah, sure, okay, let's let's do it. And then Thomas did it, and like ten minutes later, <laughs> Roy had the PR up uh, with, with the same trick, and like uh, Arsium, another guy had like his uh, implementation updated like within a few minutes after. I had not even merged Thomas PR; they already had theirs up with the same trick. <laughs> I love this community so much. Oh, that's yeah, so cool. yeah, exactly, and that's 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 what I love to see. And it, it you know, I have to say, um, it just sparks a deep sensation of joy for me to see how all these people, you know, are nerd sniped by this, and they look into this, and they keep exploring it and have fun with it, and inspire each other. And for me, it's just a great 
uh, feeling of joy that uh, I can witness that. Um, yeah, and it's, a, it's joy for us because it's it's just really cool. And by the way, yeah. uh, for people who are look, I mean, we I, I'm actually at uh, CERN, right? I'm I'm speaking at this conference called Vox Day CERN. Hi, Vox Days. Thanks for everything. Um, and you know, there's a what pe you you no doubt know this, but for people in the audience, I don't know if you've heard about some of the crazy things they do here. They have these uh, particle colliders and. Uh, They, they slam these particles into each other, and that generates a lot of data, uh, you know, petabytes mm -hmm. of data over time, you know, and uh, they have to process that stuff. And they have, they got to the point where it's now like, okay, I need to, they're using GPUs, they have uh, CPU clusters as well. They have, and some of that is actually Java, which is, you know, it's crazy. They're doing yeah. really amazing things with these commodity tools and sometimes commodity, you know, they have a lot more money than most people do to solve the problem, but they're still using stuff that a lot of us would know how to work with, you know, and it's, right. it's pretty impressive. And then you can see this, this is a much more, what you're talking about is a much more reasonable sort of normal. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. Like, and which I also although, think is part of the, uh, why it's so attractive apparently, because it, you know, it's a very, uh, it's a deceptively easy problem, right? So I can yeah. explain it like in one sentence to you and still it provides so many angles and potential to explore it, um, right. which is why I believe it, it, it's so interesting. By the way, there was an interesting question from Vincent. Um, oh. Does oh. crack make it to the top 10? Good um, question. So what is crack? Right. So and, and, crack? Exactly. So crack, it's, um, I hope I say it right, it's, it's a checkpoint and, and restore. So essentially the idea is, um, you know, you freeze the state of the JVM and Winston, correct me if I'm wrong, I hope I say it right. So you freeze essentially the state of your JVM in your program and then you can load this up again and, and the startup will be much faster because, uh, you know, it doesn't have to do like the class loading and all this kind of stuff. So, um, so and long story short, I don't know, Vincent, because nobody actually has submitted something on, on Crack yet. What? But as I, as I learned, there is, um, you know, there is uh, JDK builds which support Crack available via SDK men. So Ooh, anybody could yeah. come and create their entry and and try with uh, crack so it's coordinated restore at checkpoint and it's yeah just oh, like yeah, what you said you so much. it's it's based on a linux technology called cryu c-r-i-u uh yes. and basically the idea of like, like what you just said you can take any binary take a photo right. of it when it's running dump it to disk and then load that disk into some other uh and some other node and just skip all the initialization and they they right. found a way azul systems led the effort and they found a way to load a JVM program and you, have, you even have a life cycle. Spring Boot 3.2 supports that, by the way. For those of you oh, listening, nice. you okay. can take care of this too. So now I can have a Spring Boot app that starts up in less than a second on the JRE. I use Project Crack. Now it's like five milliseconds, you know? Oh, it wow. is okay. It's, it's, I need to try it out. I mean, I haven't played with yeah. it. And I mean, there's many interesting challenges, right? So you got to like change like your randomness seed and I, uh, if you have like IP addresses and what uh, this kind of stuff, you need to like uh, change this, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and but are you running this box that you're running the examples? This Linux, surely. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So somebody could try it out. I mean, I, I'm, I would, I would love uh, for somebody to give Crack a try. And somebody asks, and I have and to I... answer the next question. Yeah, I think I have seen you in a Debezium presentation. <laughs> yes, that could certainly be the case. I mean, I have been the project lead for Debezium, and I have done my fair share of Debezium talks. Yeah. Thank you um, for joining. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm super glad when people recognize the guests because, and then you, you're, you know, you're a celebrity for so many different reasons. 
Um, let's see. Uh, well, how many different participants? How many participants took part? You said there's 120 something, whatever. Yeah, entries, right? so actually, let me let me just take a look. Like four, five. It's on the GitHub. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred and twenty something at this point. A hundred and twenty-five, and there's like ten PRs or fifteen PRs pending. Uh, so yeah, it's it's going close to a hundred and fifty or something. <laughs> you've got, you're 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 maintaining a separate. Well, at least it's a time boxed open source project, right? Like you're busy merging PRs and managing. Uh, code quality yes. and right, right, and and also I should should say uh, actually that's a good uh, segue. I want to you know give a huge thank you to all people who helped with it because you know uh, of course like there were and are many people who want to participate and they do it, but then actually also people stepped up and volunteered to help out with running it and and improving the experience for operating it. So there you know there was uh, Rene who helped me with setting up this new environment and and making sure it's like configured properly. Uh, um, um, somebody else was helping a lot with all the uh, scripting around um, evaluations. So, you know, that I run all the tests and, you know, that it uh, creates like the proper leaderboard results and everything. So this was a huge job. Thanks for that. And also like just creating tests. I mean, to be honest, it was a little bit underspecified in the beginning. And then of course, people asked about all kinds of corner cases. So like, you know, what are the value ranges and, and how many stations can there be? All legit questions. And, you know, it's now all legitimate questions and it's all specified now. And people contribute the tests around it so now there's like a bit of a, like a tck you could say which uh, you need to you know if, if a new entry comes in it actually needs to pass this tck and then it can uh, go into the oh that's so cool. and i noticed all the files are named main or whatever dash and then the username or uh, right yeah exactly and then it's all in the same directory so that's you know it's not ideal so now there's like 300 files or whatever <laughs> the root directory of that repo but i mean i'm also doing this for the first time so whenever i would do it like another time i mean i'm sure there's many things one could do different um but yeah you know it's um i think it's still a fun fun experience it's so good it's so good so what is your what if you had to like uh well i mean i for me the takeaway is uh java is amazing First of all, just the fact right, that yeah, it's super competitive, and you know, I mean, that's still this, uh, in my opinion, stupid trope like Java is slow and yada yada yada. And I, I think it clearly proves it's not the case. And also, I mean, one very interesting observation is so, um, I mean, you mentioned right. If you look at those top entries, they are like really dense code, hard to read, and I suppose hard to maintain. And if you know, if Roy doesn't want to maintain his one BRC entry any longer. And you have to take over and maintain his entry, or I would have to take over and maintain his entry. We would probably have a bit of a hard time doing so, right? right. And right. Um, and this is true for those first, like you know, those very entries at the very top. But what I also observed is, I mean, my own baseline implementation, which was like completely not optimized. And then if you compare those which are like one order of magnitude faster, so which run like 20 seconds or something like this, they actually can be very well readable. So it's code, uh, you know, I would write, you would write, everybody else would write. It's still just not doing the most stupid mistakes. It's, you know, taking advantage of like uh, parallelism, um, you know, maybe be a bit smart about how you parse the stuff, but it's nothing fancy. So you can read those implementations very well. But then if you get another order of magnitude faster and you are at the top, this is where you know, it's becoming like really uh, a weird and crazy. Um, but I felt there's an interesting balance to be made, right? So if you put in a little bit of effort, so you can 
maybe quite easily get an order of magnitude of performance. And you know, it's, right. it's faster to run and cheaper to run and so on. Um, and everybody actually can can do this by just by you know paying attention essentially. Yeah, and and when you even when you say an order of magnitude slower, that's still like you said, twenty seconds for a billion rows doing exactly something right. useful. And, and, and that might be good enough for, for most use cases, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Like if you think about your average, like does Amazon.com have a billion customers? You know, I don't know, but uh, like. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure they have uh, data sets of that size or surely even larger. Sure. And, and then it can make sense if you have like a very, you know, focused core team who, or if you implement a database, yes, you want to squeeze out every little bit of performance. Um, yeah. But in many cases, you don't have to go all the way there, right? Well, exactly. A billion is a lot. It's a big number. You, It's atypical to have a billion of anything in a program, you know? So the fact right. that we can yeah. do it, whew, good. Golly, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. And then you, in Java 22, or I think that's the version that is with the, the, the vector support and, uh, project Panama, whatever, maybe it's, if it's not that, it'll be the next one, but it, you know, it's, it's soon. The fact that you're right. talking, all these entries are relying on things that are either already GA or very soon will be GA right. for some definition soon, you know, that's, we, we live in a wonderful time here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, some people took, uh, took advantage of um, Epsilon GC, which is like having no GC at all, which I also found very interesting, you know, to process a 13 gig file with a heap size, I don't know, of maybe 256 megabytes and not requiring any GC. And that's that's pretty cool, right? And I mean, the way that, I mean, it could be done off heap or it could be done by just like, you know, being smart and not allocating uh, things like reusing arrays and so on. Um, right. So I found this also super fascinating to see it. Um, Alex Shipilev is, uh, I believe, working on, on an implementation on around Epsilon GC. So he also uh, took, uh, is uh, taking part actually. Oh, he, oh. Alex is great. I mean, he uh, he's the one who I remember. He even tweeted about that about Epsilon a few years. This is not even that long ago. This is like the last five years, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think he he created it initially, right? He added it right, and it almost seemed like a joke, but he's like, no, it, it for Lambda it makes a ton of sense. Just make a mess and then destroy the process. Yeah. Then off you go. Right? The yeah. yeah, it's fine. Uh, and now yeah. it seems even more useful, like for this kind of thing. And this is this would be a Lambda kind of situation of. Scale to zero, start it up, yeah, thing, yeah, right. You know, um, yeah, that's exactly. so cool. I love the yeah ecosystem. Um, any, I think we're, I think anything else we should know. Anything else you would love for people to appreciate? Um... Let me see. Yeah, I mean, I wanna I wanna give a shout out to Decodable, my employer, because they actually sponsor this environment which this stuff is running on. So big uh, kudos to you know Eric and our CEO and, and Decodable. That's great. Again, a big shout out. I mean, to everybody who participates. It's great to see all the implementations. Uh, thanks a lot to everybody who helped with running it. I don't. I mean, I, you know, in like in the second week of January or so, I was like really, I was kind of. Uh, swamped and I, I I didn't do anything other than just like evaluating one BRC entries from uh, you know dusk till dawn for, for oh, it was like you know and, and and people helped a lot to make this much much uh, smoother so yeah right. it's, it's um, just great to see how everybody is engaged with this either by participating or by also uh, helping to, to run it so big shout out to all the people involved here here um do you have any other challenges you're thinking about dropping on the community or is this it for the 
uh, well, this is this is it for the next few for the near future. I mean, people ask already, "Hey, what do you do like next time? What's the challenge next January?" And oh man, I'm not sure whether I want to ever do a challenge again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I could see it. I mean, I have to think about it. I think um, yeah, if, you know, if actually it would be a team which runs it from the get go, and you know, we would have to be like really precise more precise than it was now about like all the the rules and the the uh, like corner cases and all this kind of stuff and it, ideally it would be like fully automated you know how you evaluate it and people could just i don't know some sub, submit a pull request and it would run on some environment and they could get a, a you know a, a runtime for themselves so if we could do all that and it would be a, a bit less manual effort I think yeah. I would be up for doing it again. And I know it would certainly be a problem in the data space because that's what interests me. Um, but I haven't really thought that much what it exactly would be if I want to do it. For now, I'm just focusing on, on surviving that one. <laughs> yeah, but well, thank you for sharing. For, thanks for the effort. Thanks for sharing the insight. And uh, I look forward to seeing you. And you should probably get Absolutely. back to Vincent. Uh, yes, I will Dev. follow up, uh, Winston. Let's let's talk about DevNexus. Um, let's talk about. I, it. Thank you so I much connected you two on uh, X, Twitter, Perfect. whatever. That's that's, um, that's it's amazing. Hopefully, I'll see Great. you in. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Have a good and then stay tuned. Actually, I mean, you can you can disappear for like twenty minutes, but I got another one coming up in the next thirty-ish uh, minutes. So uh, don't go too far. Thanks, Gunner. <laughs> A Beautiful Podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.